Welcome into America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula, registered investment advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Joining us today here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirchner. My name is Chris Swan. Like I said, really do appreciate you taking the time to spend with us today. Here's how you reach out. 419-794-3030. That's 419-794-3030. Online, americasretirementheadquarters.com. Gentlemen, glad to be with you as always. How are we doing today? We are doing great. It is always good to be here. Just kind of wrapping up hockey season for our uh, Anthony Wayne General. So we've had a great year in hockey and uh, unfortunately coming to an end, but you know, we'll have some other post games coming up before long. Yeah, you know, I'm doing well. I've uh, started my travels for, uh, you know, my daughter's a senior at Kent State. I've, told, I've mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. And uh, opening day was uh, this past weekend. I spent the Super Bowl in uh, sunny Fort Myers, Florida. Hey, poor guy. <laughs> Did not, yeah, you know, that's the only thing that made it worthwhile because my team, uh, who day was who don't. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, hey, hey, at least they got there, right? There's so many other teams that can't say that, but uh, they got there and it was uh, it was fun and spent a lot of nice time down in um, sunny Florida with my daughter and it was awesome. That's true. I wasn't going to dwell on the, the Super Bowl too much. Uh, I will say <laughs> that was a commercial I saw many years ago where it said as of right now, Every team is undefeated, so the chances are all pretty good. I think, right. I think we'll be seeing uh, Joe Burrow and company back in the Super Bowl before long. Look, on today's show, stocks and bonds have always been a cornerstone in retirement plans, but is it time to reevaluate that? There's a potential retirement buster that has nothing to do with the market or what the government may or may not increase. But uh, first, how long do you ignore the check engine light in your car? What about the warning signs in your retirement plans? Here's one for you. We are now actually in the highest level of inflation in 40 years. Latest number shows it is 7.5% year over year, which paves the way for interest rate increases by the Fed to cool things down. Increases, plural. So the question is, just how many? Experts who watch the market, they're predicting seven. But Atlanta Federal Reserve President Raphael Bostic tells Yahoo Finance he doesn't think we're going to see that number. Right now, in my estimate, I've got three. But there's a lot of data that's going to come in. And I'm assuming that those other forecasts have thoughts about what's going to happen in terms of inflation and what's going to happen in terms of job growth. And that's going to inform how policy plays out. You know, what the long arc looks like, I I think it's really hard to lean in too much on that at this stage. So some people are saying seven. He's saying three. Regardless of what the number ends up being, how do those affect retirement plans? Do we need a fast in our seatbelts for a sharp market reaction? Uh, That's a great question. And, you know, today's show, we're going to really dive deep into that topic, talking about, you know, how to position your portfolio with rising interest rates and give you some, you know, guidance and advice on what to do with the portfolio and be able to help answer those questions for you. I'd also encourage you, if you're not registered yet for our upcoming economic summit, uh, that's going to be coming up on March 8th in Perrysburg at the Hilton Garden Inn. We'll dive deep into this topic. We'll talk about Russia. We'll talk about the markets, inflation and taxes and a wealth of information that's going on again on our March 8th Economic Summit going to be in Perrysburg at the Hilton. Uh, We also offer it live via the Facebook Live if you want to check it out too. So you can register online, americasretirementheadquarters.com. Just click on the events tab. We'd love to have you come out there. But today, let's dive deep into this particular topic, which is interest rates. And the first thing I want to do is I want to give some of our listeners a couple of pointers. Uh, The first one is avoid the urge 
to just sell because of the noise that you have out there. You know, again, there's constant noise that you have overall within the market. And in fact, if you look at some of the reasons to sell uh, in the past, and this is just a chart showing, you know, the performance of the S&P 500 total return going back to March of 2009, you know, we've had a lot of events have happened. You know, General Motors uh, filed bankruptcy. You had an earthquake. You had the S&P downgraded the U.S. debt. Um, you've had the physical cliff uh, take stocks, sending stocks lower. Uh, we've had the Ebola virus. We've had, you know, COVID going on for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. We had the trade war. We've got government shutdown. So, you know, to me, if you look at this chart, there's always a reason to sell. And although you cannot invest directly into the S&P 500 index, what this chart shows is that from March of 2009, you know, through December of 2019, the S&P 500 index increased by 495%. So number one, again, if you avoid the noise and the urge to sell, that's going to help make you a much more disciplined investor. Number two, I guess we can also use history as a guideline. You know, they oftentimes say history doesn't repeat itself, but it oftentimes rhymes. And if we use history as a guideline, you know, what it can tell us is how markets react could depend upon how fast or how slow the federal government begins rising interest rates. So again, if we look at this chart, the S&P 500 index has risen faster when the Federal Reserve began increasing interest rates more slowly. This chart goes back from, you know, 1946 to present. And what you can see is, again, if interest rates are in rising quickly in the yellow line, that's a fast tightening policy by the monetary, you know, it would not be surprising to see short term the pullback in the market. But what you can see in this chart is even if interest rates rise quickly, over that two-year period, history would tell us that the S&P has recovered. And then in both other scenarios, in a slowly tightening cycle or, you know, other rate hikes, the, the market over, you know, the course of time has held up pretty strong, even in rising interest rates. So that's going to depend. Again, short term, you might see volatility if they begin rising interest rates uh, quickly. But uh, long term, again, it's not going to show that it could have a significant impact uh, based upon just rising interest rates alone. Uh, number three is it's a good idea to know what you own. If we look at it, we can further break down the sectors and what performances after the first rate hike. So this is a chart showing from 1994 to the present. And on the left-hand side, you could see the, the sectors that had the positive return. So in this case, you know, energy had a positive return, information technology, financials, healthcare, consumer services, utilities. And then on the right-hand side, you could see some of the categories that uh, tended to uh, have lower relative returns like uh, industrials, consumer staples, materials, consumer discretionary, and real estate investment trust. So, you know, I would say take a look at what you own in your investment portfolio and get positioned, you know, according to how things maybe have uh, performed in the past. E either way, it's very important, you know, with tip number three to always make sure you understand what you own and the reasons why you own it. Because if you do understand what you own and the reasons why you own it, it actually will go and help with number one, which is 
avoiding the urge to just sell because of the noise. And the other tip that I'll give you is to stress test your portfolio to see how it might perform with rising interest rates. You know, so some investments like bond funds, target date funds, bond subaccounts, and variable annuities may not perform well in rising interest rates. So uh, we use software called Riskalyze where we can stress test the portfolio to show how it would perform in rising interest rates. And again, I think uh, all investors right now really need to be conscious about looking at how rising interest rates could uh, impact their portfolio and try to take a little bit better of a sniper shot approach uh, to making sure you know what you own and the reasons why you own uh, versus what I would refer to as a buckshot approach, meaning just owning a little bit of everything and you know hoping you hit something uh, may not be the best approach. Again, if you like that topic, you want to find out more about rising interest rates, uh, if you're worried about Russia, uh, if you're worried about taxes, I would highly recommend uh, sign up to come out to our economic summit. Again, we've got that event. It's March 8th. It's going to be at the Perrysburg Hilton Garden Inn. And uh, we've got 90 minutes of additional information to arm you to make a good educated decision about 2022. And uh, for some reason, if you're not comfortable going out or uh, you're not able to make it out to the event, uh, we will be doing it on Facebook Live so you can register. So you'll get a notification on Facebook Live. You can register uh, right online, americasretirementheadquarters.com uh, and click on the events tab. Yeah, you know, um, no, when, when we, uh, Chris, when you kicked off the show here, you mentioned uh, don't ignore the check engine light. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that takes me back to something my dad taught me. And I'm not going to pass this on for anybody to, to actually give advice to do this. Um, he would ignore the check engine light by putting a piece of black <laughs> electrical tape over it. Um, and, you know, the funny thing is, my uh, my daughter, her car had a check engine light come on, and she says, Dad, I'll just do what Grandpa did and put black electrical tape. You know, I, I said, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> you know, but, you know, in all seriousness, you don't want to ignore the signs that are out here and, and uh, make sure that, like Nolan said, make sure you know what you've got going on in, in your portfolio to make sure that um, you can weather the ups and downs in the, in the market. You know, having that stress test done is, I think, pretty valuable here because using the car analogy, continuing one step further, when you go take your car in the dealership or at the oil change place, they'll let you know things that you want to maybe address, if not right then, but down the road, something that could be a bigger problem a little later. It's better to know about it ahead of time. And that is the value in stress testing your portfolio. And that is what the team at America's Retirement Headquarters can do for you. If you want more information, if you want to take a stronger look at, at where you stand right now and how uh, interest rate increases or inflation or market volatility or any of this could really uh, throw that into a flux, give a call 419-794-3030 or go online to americasretirementheadquarters.com. Guys, for as long as I remember, stocks and bonds were considered, you know, the heart of a good retirement plan. But let's be real, these days bonds are paying so little. And there was an article in Barron's that says maybe we should think about stocks and annuities. So would an annuity actually work as a substitute for the bond portion of a portfolio? Well, I think that's a, a great question, and it's something that uh, I think people come into the office and they ask the question about annuities. Uh, you know, there's pros and cons about annuities. Uh, oftentimes, I think investors will lump all annuities into one category, and that's not necessarily true, in my opinion. And there's like good stocks and there's bad stocks. So, again, I think you, you start with the most basic definition when you kind of look at this. And, and first and foremost, you go back to traditional asset allocation. So, you know, traditional asset allocation was created back in like the 1950s and 60s. And that was the 60-40 bond mix. And, you know, if you think about back in those days where interest rates were, 
it was a lot easier to live off of it when you had a lot higher interest than you have in today uh, with the bond fund market. You know, most bond fund rates are, are pretty darn low. Uh, Roger Ibbotson actually has a really good piece on this. And anybody listening that wants to get a copy of the Roger Ibbotson study on this, I'd be happy to share that with you. But if you look at bonds, what history would tell us is in rising interest rates, uh, bond funds, target date funds that have fixed income and uh Bonds, subaccounts, and variable annuities have historically had a challenge. And in fact, if you look at the last year, uh, you know the market tends to be somewhat of a forward-looking investment. So the market doesn't wait for these things to happen. The market already begins to react based upon where it believes things are going to be. And so you're already starting to see this happening with uh, a lot of bond fund categories uh, either flat or negative over the last year. Uh, there's also another study that's out by BlackRock, one of the largest uh, wealth managers uh, in the world, and they come out with their capital market assumptions. And if you look at their capital market assumptions in most fixed income categories, a.k.a. bonds, uh, they show flat to negative returns over the next five years. So where you could use an annuity, and again, if you go back to the most basic form, what an annuity is, it's a product that's offered by an insurance company. So in an annuity, you have two types. You have typically an immediate annuity or a deferred annuity. So when you think about an immediate annuity, you're thinking about a vehicle that begins to provide income right away. So like when I retire, you could take a lump sum of money, put it in an immediate annuity, and based upon your life expectancy and your age and some other factors, uh, the insurance company would then begin to provide you an income stream, typically guaranteed for as long as you live. Uh, you can get survivorship options. And, you know, it's similar to like what you think of when you think of like a pension, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, if you mm -hmm. like pensions, you like income for the rest of your life. You know, sometimes those uh, guaranteed income streams are, are nice. And, you know, I would also classify it and say that guarantee is only as good as the claims paying ability of the insurance company. So you got to look into what the guarantees are, the financial health and the strength. The more common that's oftentimes used are called deferred annuities, so deferring it to later on. You know, with a deferred annuity, you could have uh, a type called a fixed account, you could have a type called an indexed account, or you could have a type called a variable account. So the fixed account is really pretty self-explanatory and straightforward. You get a fixed rate of return for a fixed period of time. So you might take out a three-year fixed account that pays you 2% interest as an example. And it would pay you that for three years. At the end of three years, you decide whether you want to renew that or move into a different vehicle. You could have a indexed option. And what an index option is, an index option would allow you to participate in a percentage of the gains when the market goes up, but it guarantees you against loss if and when the markets go down. Uh, on our YouTube channel, I've got a, a great video where I spend 14 minutes walking through how fixed index annuities work. But, you know, in the an example here is if you had a fixed index annuity that allowed you to have 50% of the gains of an index if it went up, if the index goes up 10, 50% of that is a 5% return. So that investor would get paid 5% in our example. And so these can be better alternatives using the fixed and or indexed annuity, in my opinion, versus some of the bond subaccounts because it can provide that fixed income safety that people are looking for. Um, you're not paying the management fees and expenses of mutual funds or money management. 
and you also have the ability to you know still have some uh, good gains knowing what your rate of return is going forward in a fixed account and or the possibility to participate gains in an indexed strategy now, i think the third category is the variable annuity the variable annuity is the one that oftentimes uh, i think of when people think about annuities are bad uh, and I'm not saying variable annuities are good or bad. I think they're often misunderstood, uh, either by the person selling the variable annuity and or the consumer who purchases the variable annuity. So just think of the word variable means that it can go up and down, uh, meaning that oftentimes if you put money in a variable annuity and you're looking you know, for an alternative for a fixed income investment, a variable annuity may not be the most suitable strategy for that type of an approach. Uh, and variable annuities, in my opinions, are one of the much more expensive vehicles. So when you hear people talk about annuities, I hear they're really expensive. They're oftentimes referring to a variable type of annuities. But I don't know, Scott, what do you see, you know, in your practice when you're you're talking with people? Well, one of the things that, uh, you know, I agree with you with the annuities, you know, it's important to understand that you want to diversify. You don't want to have all of your uh, eggs in, in that one annuity basket. You want to have, you know, some of your you know, stocks and some of your other investments, but you also want to make sure that you've got that annuity put in place for that income. You know, you've been doing this a long time. Is that what you find with a lot of people? You know, I, I see people coming in at 65, they're looking to retire and they want to set something up for that guaranteed income stream. That's typically you're not going to have a variable annuity for that, right? I mean, what do you typically say? And I know it's different for everybody's situation, but what would you say is most commonly purchased? Yeah, sure. No, I, I think, you know, David Blanchard from Morningstar, he's the head of retirement research. He really explains it pretty well. You know, when you look at a retiree and you look at their basic living expenses, right? Mm -hmm. So there's what you need to live on, right. your minimum monthly income needs, and then you have your ideal needs. So you can go to Florida and take the ski trips up in Colorado and do a lot of other things. But when you're looking at your basic expenses and you're looking at what's covered from Social Security, a pension, you know, where I typically think for a retiree, an annuity can be good, just like what David Blanchard from Morningstar says, is using the annuity to bridge the gap, to provide that income, to make sure that sure. you have enough income to cover those basic lifestyle living expenses. You know, you let your stocks and bonds and other investments, uh, you know, hopefully make up for what is the ideal lifestyle. So that way, when the markets do really good, you have the ability, you know, you can spend some money on other things. So, you know, don't just assume that uh, all annuities are bad. Uh, there are some very bad annuities out there, but there are some very good annuities that are out there too. So it's a matter of, again, like you said, looking at your individual situation, uh, figuring out, are there any gaps in your income needs that you're gonna have in retirement time? Annuities can be used to fill those income needs and, you know, they can be used as an alternative in the fixed income space for uh, bonds and bond funds. So anybody out there that's listening today, you know, if you're looking at your account and you're seeing bond funds, uh, you're seeing anything with like the word target date, or if you own a variable annuity, uh, that's where I would, again, go back to really encouraging you to get a hold of us. Let's put that information into Riskalyze, just like taking the car in, we can stick Riskalyze in to give us the diagnostics to tell us what does that look like if interest rates go up, because if that's an area that could be a problem for you in the future, let's just get that addressed now and we can do that uh, with the software and get that taken care of for you. And to get in touch with America's Retirement Headquarters to see if an annuity could be a valuable part, uh, if at all, of, of your retirement strategy, real easy to get in touch with. 419-794-3030. Guys, I've heard annuities equated to 
if you think of your retirement plan as a toolbox, as being a tool that could be mm-hmm. in your toolbox. It's not going to be right for everybody. You're not going to use it for every single job. You may not have it in your toolbox at all, but if the situation warrants it, it could be a valuable piece. So to see if that could be a piece of your retirement toolbox, give a call 419-794-3030 or go online to americasretirementheadquarters.com. Now, when you think of major expenses during retirement, you know, housing comes up, rising property taxes, healthcare, of course, we've talked about that. But there's an article in The Motley Fool that says most retirees are overlooking long-term care, which, as we've talked about before, is not covered under Medicare, and the cost could run into the tens of thousands of dollars per year. So what strategies could you guys suggest to avoid or accommodate this obstacle uh, to retirement savings? Well, you you, uh, hit the nail on the head there, Chris. One thing that a lot of people don't quite understand is long-term care is not covered under Medicare. Medicare typically is a health insurance policy. Medicare is a plan that is going to cover things as they break, so to speak. You know, uh, maybe you you break a hip and they're going to fix you. You have an illness or an injury. That's what Medicare is going to do. What long-term care is really for, it's more of a custodial care. When you get to the point of your life, the stage or chapter in in your life where you need assistance in your day-to-day activities, whether it be, uh, it doesn't matter what it is, when you need that day-to-day help, that's where a long-term care policy comes into play. And typically, those numbers could be extremely costly. Just to give you some numbers, some examples, home health care aid is going to generally cost roughly 62,000 bucks for for someone a year. An assisted living facility, that's where you go into a, an assisted living facility. That's you're looking at roughly $54,000 a year. A nursing home, and that's where long-term care is going to come into play. A nursing home, you're looking at uh, $95 to $110,000 for a long-term care facility. That can really take a big chunk out of your investment out of your financial, your retirement investment pie, so to speak. Like, you know, it's important to make sure that you understand what's going to be covered with a long-term care policy and how it's going to work. You know, I had a I had a conversation with another advisor just a little bit ago, and we were talking about long-term care, and he asked me questions about how I approach it. And um, he said one of the things that he does is he'll talk to the, the people when they have the, the hurdles of understanding long-term care, and he says, I look at it this way. You have a homeowner policy, right? You keep a homeowner policy, you're going to pay your premium. You keep your homeowner policy for, you know, 30 years, 40 years, however long you've had your home. Well, if you had a catastrophe, a major loss in your home, you could be looking at, you know, three, four hundred thousand dollars And if you don't have that insurance policy, that money's coming out of your investments. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing with long-term care. If you have that catastrophic situation where you have to go into a long-term care facility and you're in there for a couple of years, you're looking at 200 to 250,000, where's that money going to come from? That's going to come out of your investments. And uh, you know, so there are some of the things that we want to make sure you take a look at is putting that money aside before you get to that situation. I've talked many times before about health savings accounts. Health savings accounts is a way to build funds that you can use for those out-of-pocket expenses, not only for health care, but you can also use it for long-term care expenses as well. So it's best to prepare and put those buckets of money aside in anticipation 
instead of trying to catch up when you when you get there. Well, everybody's going to make a decision on long-term care. So, I mean, even doing nothing is actually making a decision. Mm -hmm. So there's also benefits for people who served in active duty military. So any uh, veterans that are out there, if you're not familiar with what your benefits are, uh, we're happy to talk to you. We also have an incredible veteran service organization here in uh, Northwest Ohio. You can reach out to your VSO officer and get some information, or if you need their contact, reach out to us. Uh, buying traditional long-term care insurance can be a great way to make sure that you have a plan designed to keep you out of a nursing home and help you know provide benefits for you either at home or in care. We oftentimes like to leverage assets. So anybody listening today that has lazy assets, if you got a lot of lazy assets, you know you can simply move money from your left pocket to your right pocket and oftentimes double or triple what the benefit would be if you needed long-term medical care. So that could be a great way to just move money from one pocket to the other to be able to get some long-term care benefits. And the other thing that we do is oftentimes is uh, some of the newer life insurance policies, uh, I say newer, but they've been around for 15 years or so, but some of the newer insurance policies that are out there, they have riders where you can accelerate your benefits while you're alive if you have some type of right. chronic or critical terminal illness coverage. But you know, I'd say the bottom line is you're going to have a lot more options available for you if you address it while you're still healthy and younger mm -hmm. uh, versus waiting to crisis mode. Unfortunately, you know, when it gets to crisis mode, there's still things that could be done, but usually you're involving Medicaid planning and, you know, with Medicaid spend down rules, it can be pretty costly. So, you know, if this is an area that you haven't checked off the list, again, again, with what Scott does running our uh, healthcare department, we'd love to have a conversation with you. Uh, in fact, we'll be talking about this and more again at that economic summit. So exactly. Good pointers. And again, that summit's coming up on March 8th. If you want more information, including how to you know reserve a space for that, uh, go to the website, americasretirementheadquarters.com or give a call 419-794-3030. I apologize for my computer going off a second ago. I was looking up the cost of healthcare in the, in the area and it's about $4,000 a month. 4050 is, is the average and the national median is uh, three and a half thousand. So congratulations, we're above average in that regards. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of different options out there that, that Nolan and Scott just pointed out. And there's no right or wrong answer for anybody. The one that may be wrong is neglecting it and saying this won't happen to me. We certainly hope that's the case. We hope you won't need any type of care. But the stats these days are about 75% chance if you're 65 or older to need some form of care. So figuring out a strategy to make sure that that doesn't, uh, you know, bust your retirement. I'll start with a phone call 419-794-3030. And like I said, always online americasretirementheadquarters.com. I want to thank you so much for joining us today here on America's Retirement Headquarters with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner. Guys, glad to be with you as always. And as we wind down, I want to leave you with the final word. I would say uh, this week, just remember retirement is wonderful if you have two essentials, uh, much to live on and much to live for. Have a great week, folks. We'll see everybody soon. And again, hope to see you on March 8th. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussion not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787. 